Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the eighth episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have a bit of news and box office numbers to catch up on, as well as an in-depth discussion on the Indominus Rex with new friend of the podcast, Matt Parody. And we'll finish up with some listener emails. There's a few topics we can get into. First, we created a Flickr page where we'll feature pictures and video that pertain to the Jurassic films, cosplay, comic cons, toys, and anything related to the podcast. If you have anything you want us to show off, you can email it to us at JurassicParkPod at gmail.com and we'll post it for everyone to see. Secondly, as you may know, I just got back from traveling around Africa. You can go back on our Twitter feed and see some pictures and videos from the trip. My wife and I visited Cape Town, South Africa, and journeyed to Kirstenbosch Botanical Gardens. It just so happened that they had a dinosaur display in one of the valleys that contained a few small dinosaurs, a pterosaur, and of course, a T-Rex. All of which were anatomically correct. It really was the perfect setting for a dinosaur exhibit, and certainly made me feel like I was in the center of Jurassic Park. The exhibit runs through June 2017, so I highly suggest visiting it on your next trip to South Africa. On the second leg of our trip, we visited Kruger National Park and sought out animals on our safari drives. One of our stops brought our truck down to a watering hole where we were able to get out and stretch our legs and have a drink. We spotted a hippo down in the water and decided to check it out and take some pictures. I handed my drink off to my wife so I could take a video, and that's when the chaos ensued. The hippo became angry and decided it wanted to leave the water and make a charge up the hill towards our position. That's when our tracker told everyone to run. So we did. Back at the vehicle, we all had a great laugh at the situation as the hippo decided to cross over our path and head in the other direction. I also found it quite funny that my wife reenacted the margarita guy scene in Jurassic World by sprinting away from the hippo with two glasses of wine in her hand, carefully trying not to spill them. The third leg of our trip brought us to Victoria Falls. We toured over the falls of Zambia and Zimbabwe in a helicopter and also strolled in the viewing paths on the Zimbabwe side. I must say that Universal should seriously consider these falls as a location in the sequel to Jurassic World. So I think that covers everything. So let's start off with some Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. Today, I guarantee it. It looks like Hasbro's stock has hit record highs as people are scooping up toys related to recent hits such as Jurassic World and Frozen. 
They mention that children have shifted away from physical toys and moved towards the digital realm. But at least for now, Hasbro's stock remains high due to the huge success of Jurassic World. Let's hope this means a better second wave for Jurassic World toys and one that resembles the original run of the Jurassic Park toys from Kenner. According to TheGuardian.com, a new creature has been found in northeastern China, and researchers are saying it's the largest winged dinosaur ever. The fossil is so well intact that they've been able to assemble its feathers from top to bottom. The Genhuan Long is very bird-like and sprouted full wings, but was most likely not able to fly. Researchers are still perplexed as to what evolved the dinosaurs into having wings like the Genhuan Long. If not for flying, than possibly for mating displays, protection, or warmth. In a strange revelation, since the article mentioned a newly found cousin of the Velociraptor, articles have been spreading across the internet, denouncing the portrayal of Jurassic Park saga. Like the article I found on Time.com, they mention how they hate the portrayal of raptors as scaly brutes. I think the articles like this are missing the point that even Jurassic World itself pointed out. Dr. Henry Wu pointed out the fact that these creatures look much different than their real-life counterpoints. And it's been known for a long time that raptors were smaller and had feathers. So in my little rant here, I'm just a little confused as to what these articles are getting at. Of course we know these are genetically modified creatures, so we never expected them to be exact replications of the real thing. Maybe I'm just angry at these writers for thinking they've came up with an original idea about raptors having feathers, only to realize everybody else on the internet has said the same thing since the original came out. Oh well, I guess that's my rant for the day. And since I've been gone for two weeks, I didn't get to cover any box office news. After three weeks at number one, Jurassic World, which easily beat out newcomers Terminator Genesis and Magic Mike, was taken over by Inside Out which rightfully deserved the number one spot. That was for the weekend of July 3rd through the 5th. The following weekend, the 10th through the 12th, featured newcomer Minions, which has a huge following, and grabbed the number one spot, with Jurassic World coming in at number two. Minions took in 115 million, while Jurassic stuck around with 18 million. This weekend, in Jurassic World's sixth week at the box office, it finally fell to number five, behind Ant-Man, Minions, Trainwreck, and Inside Out, respectively. It still managed to take in 11 million, despite decent money being made by the other entries. Right now, Jurassic World sits at 611 million domestically and 1.5 billion worldwide in 38 days at the box office. Those are some seriously impressive numbers that have garnered a number four spot on the all time list. I'm sure it will stick around in the top 10 for the rest of the summer and continue past the Avengers at number three on the all-time list, where it will stay until probably about December. The greatest superheroes in the universe come to Mohegan Sun August 14th through the 16th. See actors from The Flash, Goonies, Batman, Heroes, and more. Dress like a superhero or a villain. Nearly 300 vendors with comics, toys, t-shirts, artwork, and cosplay items. See the 66 Batmobile, Doctor Who's TARDIS, and more. It's New England's best Comic-Con at Mohegan Sun August 14th through 16th. Get tickets at the Mohegan Sun box office or online at Ticketmaster.com. Click ctcomiccon.com for more information. We are now entering the section where spoilers will be discussed. 
I suggest you stop what you're doing and leave now. You gotta go, you gotta go. Let's open up the doors to the visitor center, where Matt Parody and I will discuss the Indominus Rex. Okay, today I'm joined with Matt Parody, and we're going to discuss the Indominus Rex. And uh, there's so much to discuss with this thing. It's a, it's a beautiful monster, and I don't even know where to start. But uh, let's start off with uh, why, why was the Indominus created? And um, as far as I know, it was created to boost ticket sales and bring the spotlight back on Jurassic World. Um, but as we know, this plan didn't work. Um, so what do you think it would would have happened if the plan had worked? If the plan, uh, you know, went to fruition and the Indominus was still enclosed and people were viewing it on a daily basis? What do you think would happen if uh, if that was the case? Would it change the public's attention? Uh, I mean, based on that scene with uh, Masrani, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the public would have been pretty enamored with her because uh, he, he seemed like he was he couldn't take his eyes away. It's like, oh, she's white. It's terrifying. It's, <laughs> it's uh, gonna be in my nightmares forever. And and you know what? She was pretty terrifying. That was just when she was white, and he didn't even know about the uh, the color changing or any of that nonsense. Yeah, that, exactly. that got even weirder. <laughs> now, my concern is, I feel like if that thing is enclosed, you're not gonna see its full potential like you did when that's roaming around the park, just destroying everything. And obviously, its aggression is you know, out of control while it's roaming around. But if it's in a cage, you know, just in that paddock like it was, is it going to scare everybody? You know, is the color and the, you know, the spiky skin and all that enough to scare the uh, the crowd for a, a sustained amount of time? I mean, I think they do the bait technique they did with the Rex, you know, mm-hmm. just to, to have her hunting something. Uh, I feel like they they had a raptor training facility. I feel like they would have figured out a way to get her to do something that would bring in money. You know, they were just uh, upgrading the paddock for the time being because she was getting bigger and the walls couldn't hold her and she was getting stronger. So it was a concern, but that wasn't, I don't know, we, well, excuse me, we don't know if that was going to be her final destination, you know, her final home. If you if it's you look true. at the the scene from the Rex enclosure and then the scene from the the um, the Indominus enclosure, they're similar, like that tube thing that they were watching in. Mm-hmm. But the one in the Rex enclosure was so much more detailed. Yeah. You know, it looked like a tree, and it and it was all lush inside. Her her hers was just like walls around whatever area she was in. Had nothing, no, no pizzazz, no nothing. It was just like this is where we we have her because we don't know what we're dealing with because we made a dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering the same thing because it was so raw. It wasn't like a nice, pristine enclosure. And I, I also wondered how are they going to get all the guests out there because they they took the helicopter out there and uh, I didn't know if they would have to run another monorail out there or take people out in jeeps or something. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a good question and a good point by you there. So. Yeah, I thought it was more like a like a dog kennel, like a transitionary time, mm-hmm. like before she gets moved to the kitchen with the with the barricades. She's in the kennel because she can't hold her bladder overnight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think you're right because it definitely needs some more substance than just generic concrete around the whole thing. And and even in the uh, 
the center where they were standing. Like, it was just so raw. So I think you're definitely on the right page there. Now, uh, one, one of the things I was wondering, um, how are they going to entice people to keep watching? Even, even if it is scary at first, you know, it might not be in a few months. So I was wondering, you know, maybe they, they need to tackle... Uh, different routes and maybe put in something like even a, a shark cage, you know, something that you would put a guest in to kind of create a new entire experience. I think they'd need to do a whole hell of a lot of research before doing that <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we saw how that kind of worked yeah. out in the yeah. raptor cage and, and, and with the mosasaur. Like, I, I, I mean, we saw the park at its peak and during an experimental time when it was doing some weird so i i would hope that should she have not escaped and ruined everything they would have gone through a lot of testing and and seeing what works and what doesn't work before you know doing something ridiculous like putting in a, a shark cage or or, or a chainmail suit for people to rent and and walk around with her yeah yeah i could see this place you know going to the extreme after what it's been 10 years at that point so what if it gets to 20 years are people going to be so completely bored that they need something like that to uh to help them escape but uh yeah. as yeah. far as we know we didn't get that far because mm-hmm. She escaped and uh, created a little bit of havoc on the island there. So just just a little bit. Like I mean, there was times when it was like, oh, this havoc is a little bit too much, but then it settled back down to just regular. Yeah, this yeah. This is all sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the playing field evened out at the end a little bit. So yeah. Now I was looking around the uh, Jurassic World website, and they they have the website where it's it's intended to be like a real legit theme park website, so you can kind of uh, peruse the different sections and read about the dinosaurs. And they actually do have a section on Indominus, and uh, a few things I picked up were they they actually revealed some of the um, the GNA or the uh, gene traits from it, but not all of them. They they said it was hybridized. Carnotosaurus, Majungasaurus, uh, something called a Rogops, and also a Giganos. This one's hard to say. Giganotosaurus. <laughs> Are those all theropods? Uh, I believe so. So yeah. I mean, they're all. Well, no, they're yeah, they're all in line with uh, T. Rex. Mm-hmm. So I could see you know mixing all those together definitely creates right. the aggression aspect of uh, Indominus. Right. But um, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the, the website just carefully leaves out the fact that it is a t- that's based off T-Rex, cuttlefish, tree frog and of course raptor. I th- I think they did that because it was mentioned in the movie. Mhm. Like I haven't seen I I can't mentally recall the skulls of those other theropods you named, but I so I can't, you know, attest to this 100%, but her jaw to me, was more akin to a crocodilian and the fact that her teeth were exposed when it was closed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was involved in some way. But then again, one of those theropods could have had yeah. weird crocodilian-like jaws. So yeah, exactly. I, I can't say for either. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, she was she was definitely a, a carnivore, and she was always going to be <laughs> a badass. That, <laughs> that that that's that's a moot point. But the fact that she was a hybrid of something that doesn't exist. And she was raised with no interaction with anything alive, except food was the issue. Mm-hmm. She had no socialization, and she was uh, a creature that shouldn't exist. It just it was a bad it was a bad combination. Yeah, and they, the website also points out some little 
tidbits uh, that it was 140 to 160 decibel roar, which is the same as a 747 taking off, and it can also reach the speeds of 30 miles per hour in its enclosure. So I don't remember in the movie specifically. I don't think they said how fast it can no. actually go outside of the ex- enclosure. Um, but I don't think it was probably much more than 30 miles per hour there. Yeah, no, they never clocked her. And mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. She was more an ambush hunter. Yeah, exactly. She, she was more, you know, when she wasn't butchering things, she was more she was more an ambush hunter because of her, you know. I, I couldn't even imagine, like, being in this thing's body. Like, <laughs> not having any, like, because the thing is with hybrid creatures is they their instincts don't match what their body can do so they they're they're living in like a state of confusion yeah i really think you got that from the movie because she does seem really confused and whether whether she's bad or not you know she's just venting all this rage yeah no she's definitely you know it just creates that yeah yeah yeah. it's uh, it's just like um if you uh, look into raptors today, you know, falconry raptors, uh, they do hybridize them. And mm-hmm. you can get a, a hybrid, like, red-tailed hawk bald eagle, if you really? wanted, as a hunting partner. So that creature doesn't exist in nature and potentially could have contradicting, uh, you know, um, instincts. Wow, yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a curveball what it's going to do. You know, same thing if you think of a, a liger or, <laughs> uh, or a wolf dog. Yeah. All these things uh, exist and are hybrids. They're not made in the test tube per se, but they are hybrids and they exist and they do have this whole, um, you know, some of them come out and they're fine. They're they're only one, you know, of whatever parents instinct. So it doesn't matter. But some of them come out and they have flare of this flare of that because that's the way blood works. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of that, this thing is made of cuttlefish, tree frog, raptor, T-Rex, and all those other dinosaurs I mentioned. And specifically, mm-hmm. the cuttlefish um, allowed it to change its color and blend in with the, the scenery there. And that's something that was revealed in uh, the hunting scene where the, the ACU was hunting it down and obviously didn't realize it was right behind him. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that scene was, uh, was awesome. But yeah. um, they, they did something like that with rabbits. They made a glow-in-the-dark rabbit. Really? With, um, uh, I want to say jellyfish uh, DNA. So it's <laughs> it's been done in okay. real life. So <laughs> so it's not out of the realm of insanity that they <laughs> made cuttlefish. And I heard they were using, uh, no, I think that's, that's video game. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, I think they're using octopus skin to try to make uh, cloaking devices. But I think that's... Huh. Uh, Metal Gear Solid and not real life. Uh, <laughs> tweet the podcast the if you uh, if you know if that's real life or not. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hope that sounds really scary. So I hope it's not real. Like, <laughs> I mean, a cloaking device that sounds awesome. Yeah. But I don't know if I, I don't want any kind of octopus on me or anything like that. I don't know what it is. So yeah, exactly. But uh, this thing, you know, the, it's got the cuttlefish, which helps the color uh, change. Mm-hmm. It also has tree frog. Uh, DNA, which helps it to adapt to the tropical climate, so Dr. Wu says, but it mm-hmm. also helps it um, change its infrared output and helps it deceive the sensors that are in the paddock there. Yeah. Now, do you See, think that's... I, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if he did that on purpose or not. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It, does it seem like he or she learned that trait, or or was it just instinct, or did it happen by mistake? Or I, I feel like it was part of instinct. 
Like, cause I, I feel like she wasn't just in the trees. She was also cloaked and was, uh, I mean, for, for lack of a better word, we'll use Dragon Ball Z term. She was suppressing her power level. <laughs> so, so she couldn't be picked up, yeah. you know, that I feel like it was all part of the same emotion for her. The same, the same thought. So she's doing that. And I think that he did it on purpose, but he, you know, said that he did it for another reason. But now that we found out that he's got this whole, like, military contract going on, which is awesome, we know that they have, he has all these ulterior motives. So the fact that the infrared sensors couldn't pick her up is super just, oh, the military would definitely be interested in this. You know, he, he acts a little shocked when uh, when was Ronnie tells him all these traits that are popping out. But I just don't buy it. I don't buy no. that he's shocked by any of it. No, he was he was always kind of weird. But in this mm-hmm. movie, he was he was definitely suffering from God complex. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, I definitely think you're right there. Um, and, and I just I'm so confused about the connection with InGen at, as well because I feel like at the same time InGen's a security company they're doing their job. Hoskins, you know, he's definitely just a an evil dude. He's not he's not right. There's something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But I you assume that they're working together for this. But is there a mm-hmm. chance that maybe there's like a, a Hydra division? You know, like from from Marvel. Like, is there a Hydra yeah. division of of InGen that's kind of working against? the real engine you know to to steal this dna or to um you know even start up a new company or from the books the old company uh biosyn you know is there any chance that uh any of that's at play i mean it's either that or it's like uh uh like a batman begins thing with like an r&d department that is uh almost entirely wholly outside of the you know, main body of the company. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a, my friends, my friend owns a company and he, his, his part of the company is like the R and D. He says if the company goes bankrupt, he can still exist because of the grants that his portion of the company brings in. Okay. So it's kind of, I, I kind of think it's like that. Yeah. Like they have all these contracts going on for the military, clearly. And and that's what <clears throat> excuse me they're working on. Yeah, and obviously InGen has survived way longer than it should have. I don't know how it's still around after you know all the mess it's created like around the world even. I mean, w- humans are stupid. We we forgive, we forget real easy. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, if there was an island with dinosaurs and they killed the last people that were there, and I had a chance to go there, you couldn't stop me. You could show me the footage. You could tell me that I'm not going to get within five feet of this place without dying. I would literally be buying my plane ticket right now. Could, <laughs> yeah. You could not dissuade me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that would be a really tough call. Like, you, obviously, you want to still survive. But <laughs> yeah, I would try to survive. Not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go like a lamb into the lion's mouth. But I'm just <laughs> saying, I would. I'm going. <laughs> this is real. Book. Book it. Yeah, Go to orbits, dinosaur island, search, click. <laughs> now going back to to Dr. Henry Wu. Um, now we 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 come to the conclusion that you know he did this on purpose, or he created this dinosaur the way it was on purpose. Now, do you think he created it that way because he knew it would escape and he knew it would uh 
you know, wreak havoc on the island and basically bankrupt Jurassic World at the same time? Do you think that's a possibility? No, no I do not think that at all. No? Because he was wholly disappointed to be cleaning up his lab. Okay, yeah. He was he was he was horrified. He was not at all expecting to do that because they had they came in with the super cooler to take out the supposedly raptor maybe Indominus Rex embryos away safely. So he didn't even have that as a failsafe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hoskins team came in with that, packed them up and left and just happened to grab Wu with them. So I definitely don't think he thought that. I definitely think that the Indominus is a test run for, like Hoskins said, a species of more Utah raptor-sized raptors that are going to um, tear through whatever war zones we happen to find ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, um, it's just like a constant debate between me and you know the people I know who have seen the movie. Um, do you think that's... That's something that could work, sending dinosaurs weaponized or not. You know, like, do you think that could work, sending them in? Is that better than uh, a man on foot or a drone in the sky? I think it's better than a drone in the sky, and it's akin to a dog or a dolphin. So, yes, I think it would totally work. Mm-hmm. I think it's totally awesome. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know how far they're going to go. I don't know if they're going go to go total total dino riders. I don't know if you're old enough to remember or love dino riders. Yeah. But... I hope that not. would be ridiculous. I'd watch it. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch it. But of course, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's more going to be, you know, the movie Max that just came out. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more going to be like Blue. You know, like mm-hmm. they, we, we rename them, uh, rename that movie Blue, and just put Blue as the the star <laughs> instead of the German Shepherd. <laughs> oh god, that's that's what I more think it's going to be akin to. I'm never going to forget that image now. Oh. I'm glad. I'm, this, this is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Now. Hoskins mentioned he he does want to send in uh, a fraction of the size, you know, Indominuses into battle. And, you know, whether they have just um, a camera on them or, or, you know, I'm sure you've seen images of dinosaurs attached with all kinds of uh, guns and whatnot. Um, Long term, is is that something that, that really works? Because... I feel like, you know, you have a, say you have a drone, whether you're, you're accepting of drones or not in battle, but, like, you have a drone that can go in and just basically take out whatever it wants. And then you have a, a, a group of raptors. Maybe, I don't know how many he intended on sending in, but, um, you know, I guess you wouldn't even really need a lot. But you could send in a few and take out a bunch of people quietly. But you still chance civilian casualties, I would assume, unless they train them to the point where... There's no chance of that. I still feel like it's a really hard sell, especially if you know you're going to go to the, you know, the United States military and be like, "Hey, look, uh, we're going to replace your drones with uh, these dinosaurs." Mm-hmm. I still feel well, like it's to, a hard sell. Yeah, no, it is a hard sell, but you got to think of the um, how technology is progressing mm-hmm. and how it's leaking out everywhere, and you also have this bio technology also coming out. So think of the dinosaurs more as a biotech mm-hmm. than a uh, than a beast of burden. You know, th- yeah. the drones are working, but when the people we're fighting are no longer um, terrorists who don't have the best technology, think of like perhaps a war with China yeah. where we're on equal footing. 
you know, in terms of like technology, that they, they'll they'll drop an EMP, and then there go the drones. Yeah. But the raptors still work. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good point because they did sort of mention that you know when, when when all this technology goes to hell, we'll still have these raptors here. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I just remembered that scene now that you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it's like I'm rewatching the movie in my head right now. <laughs> I wish. I, I know. I basically, I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop and pretty much hey, living it in soundtrack. my head every day. Yeah, I have to get the soundtrack. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, I feel like it maybe doesn't have a huge impact while you're watching the movie, but when you're listening to it on its own, it, it's it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 it, is, it is awesome. Yeah. Now let's go back to the Indominus again, and uh, let's talk about the appearance a little bit, because mm-hmm. it's definitely something we haven't seen in the Jurassic Park world. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's white, and I don't know, I mean, I guess the cuttlefish gave it the color white, but is, I'm assuming that's its natural color. Um, and even even though they say, you know, oh, it's white, you know, I really didn't get a huge vibe of, wow, that's white, like... In the movie, I was like, "Oh, I guess, I guess it's white. It's more of like a, a gray or you know, some just muddy looking color." Yeah, that I, I mean, describe. think of think of a white dog. Think of anything you've seen that's white. Mm-hmm. It's not wedding dress white. Yeah, it, it you know, it's it's as white as an animal can be if it's not kept in a clean room. Yeah. So she was white, and they designed her that way to be white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's simple enough. I mean, they're they're yeah. mixing they're mixing genes to make an animal. I assume the color is the easiest thing. I mean, you can pick your child's eye color today. Yeah, I know that's that's crazy. <laughs> so I don't think them making her a white dinosaur was the biggest deal. Yeah. Now, yeah, I do wonder. Yeah, actually, did they do that on purpose? Create that color, or yeah, they know, did to kind of scare everybody. Yeah, he said that. Did he? Yeah, Mezrani said that. He goes, uh, oh, she's white. He's, he said, well, we thought that would test the best. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. What her sister might not have been. Uh-huh. That That's an interesting thing. Like, maybe her sister was black, or maybe her sister was white as well, or maybe her sister was more natural colored. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll never know that. They, don't even, yeah. they didn't even show a little bit of her. Yeah, I uh, think you just got the, uh, the claw, right, or so? No, well, I think the claw was her. I oh, okay. think the other egg just cracked a little bit. Okay. She's the one yeah, that came well, no, there out. Was, yeah, there was one that cl- cracked, and I think a little bit of a claw maybe came through. But the other one, uh, they focused on the eye and, and the claws coming out. Gotcha. Um, so you could definitely tell that she was the stronger one right off the <laughs> bat, you know? Yeah. Um, now, the, the, it also has um, something called osteoderms across the body, which is basically the, the, the armor scales. Um, yeah. It's something that, like, uh, an alligator or uh, maybe even an armadillo would have on it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, well, that's what I thought. Um, that's why I thought she was part Allosaurus, because Allosauruses are thought to have had those. Okay. And they also are thought to have had the, you know how she had, like, bony plates, like, on her head? Yeah. Like, above her eyes? Yeah. But then you said Carnotaur, and I was like, oh. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they said, and I think they think the Carnotaur also would have had those little bony protrusions, like spikes. Above but then that. again, yeah. the mouth, the crocodilian, that could be, it could be that. Yeah, that mouth is is out of control. Like the 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 spread that it gets as it's opening up and just going mm-hmm. to swallow somebody is out of control. And it's yeah, she's so definitely much more she's definitely part snake because she was yeah. trying to swallow that gyrosphere. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I was watching this movie, and I'm like, how many dinosaurs did they say they have? 15? There are so many dinosaurs I want to see at this park. This is ridiculous. They're not doing their job. Someone needs to go out there and find more blood. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially, I, I think in the in original Jurassic Park, you know, you got Dennis Nedry going through the uh, the embryos there, and mm-hmm. there's so many different kinds of embryos. He only picks and chooses a few, but mm-hmm. there's got to be more than fifteen even on that shelf alone. Yeah, no, there, there was a lot of embryos. Yeah, and speaking I, of embryos, um, okay. I know on your last one of your last podcasts, you were talking about the Barbasol cans. Yeah. My wife actually got me both Barbasol cans. Oh, nice. So I have I have two Barbasol cans, <laughs> but one of each. So I'll be using them and then saving the cans. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Um, it's, I don't know if you, like, yeah. take it out first or, you know, just put it up on I a mean, shelf gonna, instantly. I or? mean, I'm not going to – I don't know if it sits there, what's going to happen inside. <laughs> I might as well use it and have a clean, you know, mostly clean can yeah. to keep forever and ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably your best bet. It's like that's, that's my plan. It's like if you want to buy the uh, the cereal with. Uh, I think I actually do have a Jurassic Park cereal. I honestly I don't know. It was from the Lost World, actually. I don't know if mm. there's still cereal in there or not. That's a good question. <laughs> it could that's, just be the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there might be some like uh, mouse holes or something in it now from uh, eating out that cereal. I hey, don't know. Maybe, but maybe. um. <laughs> So back to Indominus. Uh, it also has a bunch of horn-like features all across the back, and uh, we mentioned uh, the spikes and stuff around the eyes and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think that's for? Do you think that's like a defensive uh, mechanism or something? Even uh, uh, you know, an offensive mechanism? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, to, uh, I just think it's a. I just think it's a development of the species that she was that 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 trait came from. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that particular uh, bony protrusion had anything to do with anything yeah. like i don't know if you've seen the show uh it was it was a really uh short-lived show and it was amazing uh dinosaur revolution uh no i haven't it was a three episode thing where they just did like really special case dinosaurs okay and it was really cool and one of them was this really weird dinosaur that had a like frill that grew out of his head but not like like in a more not in an aerodynamic fashion like reverse mm-hmm. so it was just facing forward really? and apparently they figured out that it would change colors hmm. and that's what it used to display and and during mating rituals yeah that's what i was gonna say probably mating right yeah yeah so I, that i feel like when it's something so ridiculous it's got to be for mating or something like that but when it's something just like a weird protrusion that seems to go with the configuration of the body mm-hmm. it's just the way the the creature evolved i feel yeah, in in this case, I'm probably just gonna say it was uh, Universal's way of just making an insane looking creature. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the quills was a nod to the was a nod to Jurassic Park three, and the the quills that that oh, on the, uh, the most most there. paleontologists say that theropods had. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that was. Yeah, but, but the yeah, bony it's... protrusions was either another dinosaur or a crocodilian or both. <laughs> Now, if they, also, if they release the recipe for her, I'm going to make one, I swear. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a good idea. I highly suggest <laughs> you don't do that. Um, well, unless, gonna... unless you've got, like, a really huge cage that, you know, it's foolproof, nothing's going to get out. Mm. I'm just going to love it. That's the problem. Okay. There was no love involved. True. I'm just going to yeah. love her. Yeah, well, Chris Pratt said it right there, you know. There was no interaction yeah. with, with exactly. any, you know. He was the alpha right from the start, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the other day I, I looked into the uh, an article from uh, 
Jack Horner about the Therizinosaurus, and he was saying that that was part of the the um, the structure of the Indominus with the the long arms and the mm-hmm. uh, the claws on the hands there. Yeah, um, I think I read that pretty, article as well. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool um, you know visual there because it. it you know, you, you're used to the T-Rex or even the Raptor where their arms are so close to them and mm-hmm. pretty much useless. Um, mm-hmm. So when you see this thing come up on you and it's actually grabbing you, it's got opposable thumbs and giant claws, that mm-hmm. definitely ups the, the uh, insane factor and the scare factor a lot. And uh, I'm glad they included something like that. At first I thought, you know, uh, this could be taking a little bit too far with with the long arms, but uh, I'm glad they did it the way they did because uh, it definitely made it more scary. I haven't seen the Therosinosaurus or whatever it is, mm-hmm. so I can't attest to its exact arms. But honestly, I just thought they were scaled up raptor arms. Okay, they seemed exactly like the raptor's arms. Excuse me, I just felt like they were scaled up to her size. You know, obviously. They're not going to just get to raptor size and remain there. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> but I do like, I do enjoy the fact that she used them. But that was also, you know, attested to the fact that she was more raptor in the brain than anything else. Yeah, exactly. That's that's another thing. I was just, uh, I was thinking about that, and, and at first I was posing, well, how did she? come up with this this escape plan and and uh and also when we were talking about the uh whether it learned the infrared or the color changing or if it just was instinct and then i started thinking about the 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 problem solving intelligence of a raptor and you don't know that at first but once you learn that that kind of explains a lot of things there for for the decision making of this dinosaur yeah it definitely does um I mean, if you were in the same paddock for your entire life, you'd probably want to get out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you'd kill some men to get out or change your color or make yourself invisible on infrared, but you'd want to get out. Especially if you couldn't understand what the people who were giving you the cows were saying. Yeah. So I think that all... Communication and just just aggression that she needed to get out. Mm -hmm. And it just uh, created a little bit of havoc on the island and killed... I think, uh, what was the tally? Like 20-something people? Seems real yeah. low, but... Yeah, um, exactly. It seems real low. It seems like they're going to open up again fine. You think so? Oh, yeah. They better. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or we're going to be watching Jurassic War. One or the other. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter the other day. Somebody posed that. Um, and I got to say, it looks great as a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a logo there. Yeah. I'm not... I mean... I mean I'd, I'd be okay with the name, but I'm not sure if I'm okay with the premise, per se. Unless it really doesn't have much to do with um, a physical war, and maybe it's like some sort of, uh, maybe about something else in the Jurassic Park world. But uh, mm-hmm. I definitely loved how that looked. Yeah, no, it did look cool. I'm going to have to look at it because I haven't seen exactly what you're talking about, I think. But mm-hmm. I've seen similar things, so. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sticking with the JW. <laughs> Yeah, well, this this franchise is it's sort of like uh, the Fast and Furious franchise, where the names are, are pretty much all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's no semblance of, of you know streamlined. It's just Jurassic World, the Lost World, Jurassic, or I'm sorry, Jurassic Park, the Lost World, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park Three with some three slashes, and then Jurassic World. So, so who knows where we're gonna go next? And uh, yeah, I don't know what we're gonna see in the sequel. It's gonna be 
it's gonna be interesting. And I, I just hope they don't take it too far with with the Indominus. And I mean, do they bring it back? That's another good point. I'm not sure. Um, or do they scale it down like they said? What was in that crate? Yeah. What was in that big cooler? Mm-hmm. That's that's the question that should be on everyone's mind when thinking about a sequel, because that that cooler is going to have everything to do with that sequel. Yeah, I think you're right because that scene yeah. right there, you did get a real quick cl- uh, real quick glimpse of the ste- uh, Stegoceratops, and then it flashed in Dominus on that computer screen. So, are we going to see more hybrids? We saw that there was a few animals in there. There was um, some lizards, uh, you know, there was a snake in there, some other things. Mm-hmm. Some, I don't even know what that was. It was like a weird salamander fish with a giant fin on it. Um, so, are we going to see more hybrids, you think, in the next one? Uh, now you ask me if I want more hybrids? Sure. Uh, do I think we're going to see them? Honestly, I have no idea because the guy who directed this one is not directing the next one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who's going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Spielberg obviously doesn't care where the where they go with it. So and he's only producing anyway. Like yeah, sure, that sounds great. So yeah, I, I think we have like, a lot to look forward to. It's it's definitely mm-hmm. going to go in an interesting direction, and I'm not really sure. And uh, you know, I just hope they uh, keep us satisfied because they did a great job with this movie, and I'm. You know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. So yeah, yeah, they did a really good job with the movie, and I'm I'm very happy that it did all the things that it did. <laughs> well, I want to thank well, you for coming you on for and talking on. about Indominus. Uh, definitely got to have you back because you obviously have uh, a ton of knowledge about you know all geeky things and uh, everything yes. Jurassic Park. So yes, definitely. <laughs> so where can everybody find you uh, on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Facebook, uh, YouTube, basically search uh, Matt Parody, M-A-T-T-P-A-R-O-D-Y. Um, I'm also on a couple podcasts. Uh, I have my own podcast, which is slowly fading into non-existence, called <laughs> Probably Questionable Podcast. You can find that at probablyquestionable.com or on iTunes, if it still exists. I don't know. I haven't looked for it. <laughs> um, I'm also currently on the RPG Academy, which is a gaming nerd podcast. Uh that is therpgacademy.com. You can find uh, at the RPG Academy on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's about it. I have an, an improv troupe in, in New York. And uh, yeah. Great. That's, that's all I'm doing. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we'll be seeing a lot more of you here so people can just look out for you here as well. All right, cool. uh, make sure that's to check great. you out on all those, uh, all those sites you've seen. So thanks Excellent. for coming on. Thanks for having me, Brett. Something. I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? So I got a couple listener emails this week, and the first one is from Jeff Deldana. He says, Hey Brad, love the show. In your most recent episode, you discuss more Easter eggs. You bring up the fact that the T-Rex in Jurassic World is the same one from the original Jurassic Park, but that you thought there wasn't anything in the film that specifically indicated this, aside from the scratches on her neck. There is, however, another telling clue, 
When Zack and Gray enter the T-Rex viewing area, a female voice can be heard over the loudspeaker, explaining that this Rex has lived on the island, Isla Nublar, for 25 years. I hope this info helps. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks for the great feedback, Jeff. And of course, we appreciate anyone calling us out when we miss that. This time, though, I'm not too sure. I checked into that scene with Zack and Gray entering the T-Rex paddock, and I didn't hear anyone saying anything over the loudspeaker about the T-Rex's age. Maybe this occurred in a different scene and we just missed it. I'm not sure. So if you or anyone else has any more detail on this, let us know. We'd love to get to the bottom of this. Thanks for the input, Jeff. The next email comes from Andrew Rivera. He says, Hello, Brad. I was wondering if you can do a segment on your show where you talk about Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. Talk about things such as your favorite dinosaur in the game, the game's music, the fun memories playing it, and what you would like to see if they made a Jurassic World Operation Genesis. Well, Andrew, I love the idea, and I'm going to look into getting somebody on the podcast who can have an in-depth conversation about the game with me. It would be great if we could spark some interest in that idea and maybe get some more listener feedback on the game. Thanks for the idea, and we'll definitely cover that soon for you on the podcast. As far as a new version, I don't really see it happening anytime soon since they have Jurassic World, the game, out for mobile devices. I doubt the push the envelope any further in that corner of the market because it essentially covers the same ground. But who knows? Maybe they'll surprise everyone. I would certainly enjoy a new park builder that lets you do more than place a paddock and collect coins. Thanks, Andrew. Make sure you check out the Let's Chat with Revel and Friends podcast with host Chris Revel. Dan Caron and I were recently on an episode of his. So check it out where we talk Jurassic Park, TV shows, movies, and more. Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Our guests are Brad and Dan of the Jurassic Park podcast. Super cool dudes. They were really nice. We talk about Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, television, just, you know, all things pop culture. I was listening to your podcast on my way to work this morning as well, and like, now, do you guys talk about the second and third Jurassic Park movie at all in your podcast? There's, there's some strange hatred for for somebody who created a whole world that you love. Another universe where they would recast that movie would be like Chris Pratt and then like a Disney star. Now, it's it's so, oh, I can't wait to see it again, where they possibly take that, because it, it'll take it down. In the seat, and it actually like... Yeah. <laughs> Now, are you guys, um, I really want to play the Jurassic Park uh, Lego game. It looks amazing. But then, like, I feel like you don't get that same connection with these, like, little tiny Lego guys. <laughs> now that we're started, it's, it's running, running much smoother. You know, <laughs> the, the beginning is always the toughest part. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'll leave a link to the podcast in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the eighth episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. I'd like to thank Matt Parody for joining me to discuss the Indominus Rex, and also you, the listeners, for submitting emails. I'd also like to thank everybody who's given a great rating on iTunes. You've helped us to become featured on New and Noteworthy for iTunes podcasts. So if you haven't yet, you can do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. 
If you want to get a hold of us, you can tweet us at Jurassic Park Pod, or you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, new segments, pictures, or comments at Jurassic Park Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.